Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We're having our walk through the Welsh Hills again today. Very nice day, really, really sunny. The beach is absolutely seething, but there's hardly anyone up here, which is quite nice. And yesterday we had quite a long conversation about the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Tories' evil plan for for the UK, which is something that we tend to talk about quite a lot, because a lot of the time, and this is this is the the, the question which we we ask ourselves like quite a lot and when we see other commentators talking about what what's going on politically they're asking the question as well which is like what are they doing what's their aim what's the plan what are the what because it doesn't make any sense often what the Tories do doesn't make any sense um so we we're picking it apart again and uh one of the big revelations we had with our because we 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 know that really what they're planning is a, a Singapore on Thames style model, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the, the thing which was new that came up yesterday is we hadn't realised that this plan was, was now about 40 years too late for the modern world that we now live in. And we always knew that it wasn't really going to work, but we had a bit more of a, uh, an idea about why it wasn't going to work. So uh, let's start off just talking about what we mean when we talk about Singapore on Thames. Yeah. Singapore on Thames, that phrase, is a code for an extreme neoliberal uh, future for the UK. And it envisions a, a low regulation, low tax economy with very little union power and it was active anti-union measures to prevent workers from collectively asserting their will within the economy. And that's what it stands for. And the hope is that a skilled workforce, unlikely to make trade union stall demands, with very little regulation about workers' safety and environmental protection, and little government interference will in, attract inward investment by uh, wealth management funds, hedge funds, global hedge funds, global investors. But in order to do this, they, the Tories, who are in favour of this particular prospect, need to actually reduce the economy to rubble. They need to trash it totally so that A, the workforce is desperate and will take any work and B, they can kind of build it again. They call it build back better. And they've already yeah. admitted that they've, tra- they've trashed it, you know. Build back better, that is an admission that they've trashed it. You know? Because that's the only way of understanding the trashing that's going on. Who profits? Who yeah. follow the money? That's, yeah, that's who's going to ben- who's going to yeah. benefit? Yeah, and it's the big, 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 super big uh, capital. It's the oligarchs. The whole program uh, suits only one class of people, and that's the very, very small group of hyper-rich oligarchs. And we know this because every kind of industry has suffered. You think, well, okay, this is this is the government protecting finance capital. Fire, you know, finance, insurance, real estate. 
over and against manufacturing, which of course is, you know, actually productive capitalism, which has took an absolute hit. But then you realise that the, 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 the banks are sacking people left, right and centre and they're moving overseas. And you think, well, what, how can it be that that particular schism in capital is the one that's playing out? Then you realise that within finance, there is also a schism between the hedge funds and the kind of sober, men in grey suits, rather conservative, high street retail banking, small investment, ISIS for people, pension plans for people type scenario. But rather the high risk uh, casino capitalism of, of, the, of the hedge funds. So within finance, there's a split, there's a schism, you know. And it's only it's only when you ask the question, will who benefits, and 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 you apply the method of following the money that you realise that this everything that's happening vis-a-vis Brexit is only going to benefit that one class ultimately. I mean, a few people along the, the along the road will get some crumbs from the table, opportunists, you know, and we've seen this with the cronyism, with the the the. the, the the um, pest control companies getting PPI contracts and <laughs> so, so forth, you know, for the, the odd tens of millions, hundreds of millions. This is all on a much bigger scale than that. Because uh, if you follow the, uh, the twists and turns of Brexit like we do, um, every single industry... Yeah. From the because uh, the British winemakers, uh, uh, the Welsh, a Welsh. Um, uh, gin producer, yeah. just to uh, farming in general, fishing's trashed. Yeah. Um, shellfish, the shellfish industry in in Britain, absolutely trashed. Yeah. Uh, everything. Mot- there motor is, there industry. Is, uh, yeah. Man- manufacturing already. I mean, Mrs. Thatcher started this yeah. by trashing, trashing manufacturing, and well, and basically having, having an ideological and physical war in which people died with with the the trade unions. You know, you're picking on the miners as the vanguard of the trade unions, as the aristocracy of labour, and completely crushing their organised movement. And then, D, industrialising the economy, because labour was cheaper elsewhere. You know, capitalism has, has to make a profit, you know, the bottom line, or at least in modern capitalism, increase the share price. You know, this new variant of capitalism, this new mutation of capitalism, which might be a kind of post-capitalism, is less interested in the bottom line than in the actual stock price. But nevertheless, it's got to, it's got to cream off value from the, from the workers in order to survive. That is what it does, that is its complete modus operandi. And if everybody's paying more or less the same for raw materials in manufacturing capital, the only way you make a profit is by putting downward pressure on wages, even though, you know, in individual cases, people can earn a lot of money. I mean, with automation, one worker, one or two workers, can make a company a million pound, two million pound, ten million pound a year. And it's no skin off your nose to pay those guys 40, 50k a year, and they kind of feel, well, that's plenty, I've got a nice car, nice house, go on holiday, you know. They can do it. But nevertheless, the pressure, the economic, is always, ineluctably, as a part of the dynamics of the system, it's downward pressure on wages. Of course, at the bottom end, you're going to have a precariat, according to this plan, if they realise this plan, you're going to have a precariat. You know, whose, whose situation's going to be pretty fucking dire, you know. 
Oh, in fact, we've already got a precarious yeah, and, and situation. And, of course, because the, the bills are going up and the food prices are going up. Yeah. Because because uh, of Brexit, like I say, a lot of the supermarkets, they're just having to send out their trucks empty, yeah. <laughs> where normally they would be uh, full of goods. Yeah. That So they'd be the, the cost of that the, the outward transport would be covered by you know, yeah. taking goods. Oh, yeah. Well, they, uh, they, they would even do, like, several drops, go on the continent and do several yeah. drops. They'd, they'd, they'd drop something off some... Uh, somewhere in Frankfurt or somewhere, pick up some goods, go and drop some of their original stuff off in Warsaw or somewhere and, and drop those goods and pick up, you know, and act like but a kind of... The haulage industry is in massive trouble as well. Yeah, and it's, it's kind yeah. of really, really sort of beautiful logistics yeah. set-ups, set all, all gone to shit because there's a, a limited number of... They're not allowed to do that now that we've left the EU. It was no. a part of the general agreement between the countries and it's very efficient. But uh, hundreds of things like like that. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it's just every day, every day you hear about yeah. a new a new industry yeah. that's absolutely trashed or struggling yeah. or about to be trashed. Yeah. There isn't there is there isn't anything which isn't un, which is left untouched hardly yeah. by by the kind of disaster of Brexit. And, and so you know, yes, you, you think to ourselves, well, why is the the our government actually destroying our lives and our country? Why why would yeah. why is that? It can just that? seem very very mystifying <laughs> and, and, and a, a lot of commentators I've seen like Maximilian Robespierre and uh, uh, Phil Morehouse as he called that those guys you know still still chewing the uh, the rag of, of Brexit yeah. uh, very often very useful for us because they're, yeah. they're willing they to pick what, over lots and lots of detail they do the, they do the donkey work they, yeah. they can, they don't, we, we, we rely on all kinds of uh, uh, labourers you know intellectual and interpretative labourers out there of course we do yeah, and yeah. and all this thing about the low regulation, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's like you know, this this sounds like oh, it's some sort of weird conspiracy theory. But you know, you, you can see they're already doing it. It's no, like it's they're not, not cons- going to do it. They have done it already. It's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, this, the, the Australian deal is, is which is really a nod to show that the the Americans that we're willing to accept their uh, hormone-fed beef, right, and their lower animal welfare standards, which people in the UK do care about uh, uh, many of them I would say um, and it's it, it, actually the Australia deal it's not worth a lot of money but it's a nod towards the Americans you know you can come and sell your fucking shit poison toxic f- fucking hormone fed beef over here there it is lowering in the, the environmental standard and the lowering of the um, animal welfare standard and so forth so in this new era where we are just about to embark on all countries coming together and talking a lot more seriously about saving the uh, the climate and the yeah. uh, and the planet yeah. we have decided to import food which is um, of a lower standard. that's created in such a low of uh, a low standard which causes a lot causes a lot more pollution yeah. and is transported from the other side of the world well, so what's the carbon footprint on that yeah instead of like you know 20 miles one or one miles across the channel from france yeah, yeah. So, of course, we, we, we come to the conclusion this can't possibly work because the world has moved on. Uh, intellectually, neoliberalism is pretty well discredited except by complete kind of nutters who are incapable of rational thought. It was always a scam. Yeah, we've got Biden openly admitting that the trickle-down system doesn't yeah. work. Well, yeah, it's a scam which they sold to us by saying, well, all boats will rise. You let the rich get even stinking rich and they'll spend that money and 
we'll all kind of get some crumbs from the table. And that you've got like a trickle-down system. You allow people to get, to get stinking rich and their wealth trickles down to everybody and everybody benefits. Just not true. And Biden, as, uh, speaking in his presidential capacity, has admitted it to the world. So, I mean, that, that is massively significant. And, of course, you know, the nations are gathering together to at least try and do something about uh, climate change. It might be inadequate. Some of the uh, actors might be hypocritical and lying. The Tories are wanting to talk the talk. They may not walk the walk, but they're wanting to talk the talk. They want to be in with the cool kids. At the same time, behind the scenes, they're still holding, or at least a faction of them, are still holding to this neoliberal dream. I was saying neoliberal wet dream. Yeah. Uh, you know. And it seems that the faction of the Tory parties that do have, does have the influence that went for the hardest possible Brexit and campaigned and campaigned for that and threatened to cause trouble unless they got it, he's actually got the upper hand. So they're pursuing this outmoded dream that never made any sense. It's not like it once made sense and it, it's never made any sense. It was never going to happen. But... The whole thing was, was promoted by massive amounts of big oil money. The Koch brothers, and I've studied their activities in bloody detail by now, uh, and allied people, super, super rich people, uh, use their wealth to actually push this thing because they want to be able to drill in the Arctic and not have to pick up the tab for the spillages and the pollution because they want to... Uh, conduct their activities without trade unions. They regard trade unions as bodies which coerce the government or put pressure on the government to constrain their activities as as wealth creators, right? This is the story they tell us, right? So they have this notion of freedom, you know, which is the 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 freedom of them to exploit, unconstrained by any by people getting together as collectivities. They hate the idea of people ganging together to get the government to put pressure on on industry or corporations or the super rich, and that that is what they mean by libertarianism. It's got nothing to do with freedom for everybody. It's freedom. It's their freedom to exploit, which is what they're shilling for, and it's disgusting. And uh, I mean Buchanan who's one of the, the, the intellectual godfathers of this, going way back before Mrs Thatcher and Reagan, um, uh, railed against civil rights, because this was people ganging together to pressure the government to, to bring pressure to bear on, on other people, particularly on corporations and so forth. Civil rights, it was against civil rights in the name of freedom. Work that out. I mean, it was, it, you know, it was, it was intellectually bankrupt right at the fucking start, you know. So it's not going to work. It's, uh, the, thing has, the thing has lost its, any, the little bit of credibility that it did have. Secondly, it's not going to work because people are on the streets everywhere against various aspects of the consequence of this 40-year-old, 50-year-old ideology. You know, all, all, all the turmoil we see in all across the world on the streets is a direct protest, often against specific aspects of this uh, syndrome. Nevertheless, they are all derived 
all of these protest movements and all this civil unrest is derived from the actual bankruptcy of what the Tories are actually pursuing. Uh, thirdly, trade unions are uh, rising up again. Trade unions have discovered that they, they can unionise precariat people and precariat people are quite willing to unionise as soon as they see how they can benefit from it. Because who would want to be a precariat worker? Fuck it, <laughs> you know. So that's, that, that, there, is, there are some reasons why this thing isn't going to work. You but know? There, was that, the, there was the big news the other day. It's like, it does seem that because... Uh, the, the, the Tories were really banking on Trump winning the election. So, and yeah. uh, it, it now seems that Biden is steering the world away from the Tories' dream Britain um, because of the, uh, the, the, his, his ideas about corporate tax. Yeah. I mean, this is going to absolutely stuff their plans. Yeah, well, because the, the, they mm. desperately want to be in with America. Yeah. But that, can mm. they? They, they thought they were going to get, get investors to come to the country by cutting corporate tax so, so that it's cheaper to do business here so people will come and do business here. But Biden has put it to the world that we need a level playing field on corporate tax and to get the major... It must have been a trade. horrible shock for the Tories when they, yeah. when they heard that. There's probably somebody in a back office somewhere in Whitehall who figured out what was happening and tried to warn them. But they're actually meeting in London today. <laughs> and then there's, the, uh, you know, um, finance ministers and the Chancellor and stuff to, to, to discuss this matter now. It's happening, it's already afoot. But, you know, to have 25% across the board or 21% across the board, all across the trading nations, so it's a little playing field, and then we can, then we can compete after that. So the idea that you're going to get some kind of a, a, an, an advantage... By, let it, by letting the, the corporations get away with tax, it's going to be a lot more difficult to, to prosecute. Actually, the, the meeting today is about, the, the, about tax, uh, taxing the big, corp, the, the big uh, digital corporations. And the idea is they're going to put, now put tax onto the sales. So if Google sells an advert in Britain, there'll be a tax on it. Instead of, or as well as, the fact that currently don't, Google doesn't pay any tax in the UK because its head, headquarters are in Silicon Valley in America, so it pays American corporation tax and no corporation tax anywhere else. So the idea is that, well, but they do enormous amounts of business in the UK, so, you know, the UK government wants to cut, cut other tax. So, so there's an argument about, about that. But uh, Biden's proposal... Which again, whether he manages to pull it off or not, is another matter. The fact that he's proposed it the tide shows that the tide is turning. I mean, it does look as though, like Senate, you know, especially if he becomes a bit of a lame duck after midterms, and that Senate's likely to oppose a lot of these reforms, if not, if not the lower house, that Senate will. So he's got, he's still got to do the politics of it, which in America be very, very difficult pro-corporate America, you know, but at least it's there, the idea's out there, and you can, you can see, you can see that uh, it's, a spent, it's a spent force, but it's only at the beginning of its end, it's a bit like the American Empire collapsing, it's only at the beginning of that process, it could be a one, two, three, four, five decades process, you know.
and, and with, with twists and turns, there will, of course, there will be twists and turns. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and another factor, I think there's is another factor, is, is the fact that the, the left is slowly, slowly organising in, in, across an international space. As the right international, I think, is now is weakening somewhat. Yeah. Whether this is temporary or a minor glitch, you know, a correction in the fucking market or whatever you want to call it, the market of ideas. Nevertheless, it's there. None of this, the, the point is, the, the Tories are not going to get a clear run at this, this Singapore on Thames. They're just not going to get it. No, it's not going to be as easy yeah. as they thought. Uh, regardless of uh, how useless the Labour Party is, social movements will jump in and are jumping in. Uh, into that that void, so they're not going to get a clear run. Then that's not going to go unopposed, and I, I I confidently expect the opposition to now uh, quite steadily uh, marshal itself, get its ideas more refined, get its uh, tactics and strategy more refined, get its international connections on a more solid basis. Uh, see, I, I, I expect that again. There'll be there'll be uh, pushbacks. There'll be setbacks. There'll be mistakes. Of course, there will. But nevertheless, that's what I see coming. Oh, the other thing again about Singapore on Thames is because that Singaporean government it, it's quite aut- aut- autocratic. It's watching uh, Joylon Morn, who is a uh, is this QC that's taking the government to court and in more cases than you can count. You know, winning a lot of them over corruption and. This, that, and the other. I mean, he's a funny bloke. He kind of absolutely hated Corbyn, and so I, di- I didn't like his, his take on Corbyn. But nevertheless, he is doing this this uh, this work of holding them to account via uh, lawfare. You know, he's pushing back against against the the lawfare that the that the rich wage on the poor. You know, and he's he's doing a lawfare against uh, uh, government corruption. And anyway, just watching him, and he said. Um, as far as he's concerned, the UK is an autarky. That means, you know, it's autocratic or authoritarian. And Boris Johnson holds all the power. The Parliament is in irrelevance and the Labour Party is in irrelevance. And he was saying what we say is that we've got to build from the bottom. Community. Well, community safety, I think, you know, safety nets, because the shit is going to hit the fan with all this, because it's, it's got to go wrong. When you realise what it is they're doing, you also realise immediately how it can't work. Now, the thing is, though, it doesn't matter, because whether it works or it doesn't yeah. work, it's, it's going to be, be shit. really shit for us it's either gonna way. Be, it's going to be shit, shit for the, the people on the ground. Yeah. Either way, whether they succeed, you'll be a slave labour force, you know, uh, technological serfdom as... Uh, Yanis Varoufakis calls it uh, or it fails and there's just sort of chaos in which case you're going to be in the shit anyway so so you know communities building safety nets in readiness for this but also building their own their own economies you know and their own networking uh, scenarios there are networking systems of exchange and of exchanging between communities and then between collections of communities and other collections of communities. Yeah. And 
a, a lot of groundwork on that, as well as like social justice movements, Black Lives Matter. It just it, any movement that's that's battling with some form of discrimination or injustice is all networked into this same movement. But on that practical level, Joyland Morn, uh, uh, and uh, you know he's not he's not my kind of favourite person. He's a bit of a centrist. But nevertheless, on that, he's, he's correct. That needs to happen. Especially as, it's, I mean, it might, I thought, well, that's a bit strong. Parliament is irrelevant. But actually, think about it, it is, because Johnson just has all the power. He's worked for it. You know, and of course, the, the, the COVID, as we said right at the beginning, we've got to watch out, as though all this lockdown and all the rest of it's necessary, we've got to watch out for the government using emergency powers, turning emergency powers into something that lasts forever, which gives them an, an enormous amount of extra parliamentary power, unaccountable to the people. Which, of course, is what Singapore has that style of not very democratic government. They've already put through uh, bills that actually voted for far less democracy like, for instance, when they all voted that uh, the, the future trade deals would just remain secret and no MPs would know anything about them or be able to look at them or debate them or scrutinise them in any way. It's disgusting. And Johnson could just do whatever he wanted. It's disgusting, isn't it? And sign anything. <laughs> disgusting. Utterly disgusting. Yeah. So, anyway, that's what we're up against. But uh, I hope that we've managed to outline some of the, the possibilities for pushing back and making something better. And there's a lot of that kind of activity on the planet. And maybe if, if, if the various strands of that activity can all face in the same direction, which I think they want to, that the, the, this horrible fucking plan on, uh, on our local scale of the United Kingdom and our 66 million inhabitants... It hasn't got much chance of getting anywhere. Enough. So to summarise what we've just gone over, we've got uh, an authoritarian go government, scarcely answerable to Parliament, that seems hell-bent on a, a destructive path, that wants to destroy the British economy and British society in order to build it again with a cowed workforce, with a serfdom, a new serfdom, a new technological serfdom. According to a, a, a broadly now liberal vision, you might think it's far-fetched that they are willing to countenance com complete destruction, but nevertheless as Anna has pointed out, every aspect of the economy has, has taken a, a hit. Even and, and not just because of COVID either. And not just because of COVID. This really is because of the, uh, the, 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 the Brexit that the Tories have very specifically designed. Brexit needn't have been anywhere near like what, what the Brexit that we've had. This yeah. was a very deliberate decision. It's not an accident yeah. Yeah. that it's just so fucking yeah. awful for everything. Well, this, mm. this, was, this was created... Yeah, but it, but it wasn't exactly a decision. It was a decision at some level, but it was actually the outcome of an internal battle uh, within capitalism and with the political representatives of capitalism. And one faction won it, and it was the nihilist fascist faction that uh, is willing to countenance complete destruction. And evidence, if you think that's far-fetched, 
I would cite the case of Northern Ireland, and the Tories seem quite happy to countenance chaos in Northern Ireland, and chaos has already started to break out in Northern Ireland, in order to pursue this plan. I would cite that as evidence of the, of the covert thinking that's going on behind all this. There's no way it makes sense, unless unless you understand that they are willing to countenance masses of destruction, social, economic, infrastructural, in the UK. It doesn't make sense unless you, you, you realise that that's what they are quite willing to undertake and are in the process of undertaking. Yeah, and not just that, if we just look at COVID as well, just look what they were willing to do. You know, let's take it on the chin. Uh, Johnson goes in front of the cameras, looks suitably sombre, saying, well, a lot of your family is going to die. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, You know, and they they would just go, oh, herd immunity. Oh, no, we weren't going to do that really, but they were, you know. And and we had the worst death rate in the world per capita. Uh, I don't think, I think we've... Brazil is overtaken now. Yeah, I think we've been slightly overtaken now, but still, for, for a developed country that's absolutely appalling appalling. and they were willing to let it happen they just sat there and when it got to the point where the public pushback was too much then they did something about it but only then if if we hadn't have pushed back uh, they would have just let loads more people die yeah they were happy to do it that further illustrates that they are in love with destruction that they are um morbid nihilists, uh, fascists, in other words, you know, in love with the death instinct, you know. Destruction, bring it on. Let's break everything so we can start again. There's, there's that sort of glee. That pathology is operating in this, this coterie of people, this small coterie of people who have got their hands on the levers of power. But they also want to be with the cool kids. They're also going to host this climate change conference, international conference in Glasgow. They're also claiming that they're going to be ahead of the curve on electric cars, zero carbon, and are making a lot of noises and trumpeting a lot of stuff around that. At the same time as entertaining lowering standards on food safety and animal welfare and, and the environmental impact of bringing food halfway around the planet when it's available on the doorstep. Yeah, when, so, when so, they're actively destroying our own farmers, yeah. who are actually, like, well, a lot of them farming in a, a, a responsible way, which is um, uh, high mm. standards of um, hygiene, food safety and animal welfare. That's, that's being actively destroyed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the outcome of that will be, will be huge, huge agribusiness corporations. Yeah, operating prairie farms yeah the only way that is that uh, that any farming in britain could be profitable yeah. after they've destroyed farming yeah. is that yeah. as you said big big companies will yeah. buy up huge amounts yeah. of land and farm it in a very unsustainable way because the only way that uh, these farms could be made profitable in the brave new world that we're entering is by big companies buying up huge swathes of swathes of land and uh, farming the uh, they land in a very uh, unsustainable way to make the maximum amount of profit. So they're probably going to be using, because all the regulations will be gone, all the horrible pesticides they'll use, and <laughs> animal welfare being extremely low, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, so this, what you're saying about the, uh, 
you know, the environmental impact. It's like every single thing that the Tories want to do is environmentally um, damaging. Unsustainable, yeah. You know, unsustainable, yeah. yeah. So, so they, they, they make a big talk and a big noise about it, but they're not going to walk the walk because they're walking the walk of, of, of a nihilistic destru- destruction in order to establish a new surf uh, economy. And there's an enormous tension there, and that is what we're going to see play out in over the next six months, 12 months, two years, is that that tension. Because they've got to live with that tension as a political party with factions. And there will be more public opposition. It's going to be, it's, it's not gone away. Yeah, and you know, pressure uh, from other countries as and well. And pressure from other countries. If they don't like what we're doing, yeah. they, they do have powers to... Yeah. To yeah. boycott yeah. or are, to yeah. impose sanctions upon us. Yeah. But we do have to bear in, bear in mind that there are other other countries uh, probably on on a similar path. Even though the tide has turned ideologically on and intellectually on, on neoliberalism. So that's what we're going to see play out. The details will well we'll see, but that will play out. So we can just hope that their, their evil plans don't come to fruition and there's enough of us to push back and yeah. uh, maybe, you know, the Tories will just be completely voted out in the next election. This is, <laughs> this is my, yeah, <laughs> I know. But maybe, you know, one can but dream. Anyway, uh, coming to the end of our walk now, so I hope everyone found that interesting and I hope you're having a bit of sunshine wherever you are because it's... Uh, so it's a rare day of like wonderful, wonderful heat and sunshine here in Wales. So um, we will well, get back on the hill and we'll speak to you again soon.